because we are choosing not to be part of that patriarchal patriarchal system. It wasn't even better the second time. <laughs> nope. We're keeping both. <laughs> Getting it. Was Kara drunk? Still drinking from the debate. Still having wine. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> so Hi, we're Kara and Jill, two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that are rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push push it. it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season one, episode six. And we're coming to you the day after the live airing of the presidential debate, which was mm-hmm. like, um, that was a good time. That, yeah. Kinda. <laughs> I mean, I guess I saw a lot of um, drinking game options. Uh, so that could have, could have been a good time if you were participating in that. Um, wow. Yeah. I have never seen anything like it. Um, I, yeah. I really think that, uh, the moderator the moderator really like embodied how I feel like a parent a lot of times Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the total yes could you just like could you just right poor poor moderator (laughs) I don't know if only he could have been like you're grounded no tv no no phone no running the country (laughs) no running the country (laughs) (laughs) that's it yeah I I don't think I have ever watched a debate where I feel like afterwards I had like no more information about what the actual policies were. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't even begin to talk about what their actual plans were. And, you know, in past debates, I feel like we've really seen like a, like a, you know, breakdown of that kind of thing. And so, yeah. um, Yeah. There's so many things, like so many things to talk about with as far as that goes. But um. yeah, I agree. I, well, you know, part of it is the it would be the unprecedented times of the COVID-19 pandemic. Like there's so, mm-hmm. they can only go off of the information that we have right now. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, it was just a lot more of um rehashing of name calling and why did you do this and why did you do that and basically that was a one-sided thing that was happening but (laughs) it was just ill well and and the overarching thing like while I was watching it was that how did we get to where these are the two people that we are choosing from right and don't get me wrong like I'm, I'm will vote for Biden because I believe that he is our only hope (laughs) to defeat Trump. And that is number one priority, but there are so many systemic things going on that we still need to fix. Mm -hmm. 
Biden becoming our president is really the least of the <laughs> the things, but it will at least sort of stop the bleeding. Um, right. But, but out of all of the options that we had at one point for this position, I just wonder, like, I mean, how broken is our system that what we end up with are the two old white men? Right. Yeah. That don't really represent the country that I feel like I'm living in. (laughs) And... And don't represent the country, like, especially in um, some of Biden's uh, counter arguments, like the country that he suspects that people want. I don't see him necessarily being the catalyst for a big change there. Um, no. But yeah, it's I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's like, these are the two choices. It feels like at least for you and I, like that's an easy choice to make, but it's not, it's certainly not going to solve a lot of these deep seated issues. Um, yeah, I'm not inspired. No, I'm not. not. (laughs) You didn't write a song about it or anything. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm just like you either, like, I think that what we're voting for right now is like, we're either voting for someone who's, who's racist or you're voting to not put children in cages <laughs> or you're like, it's, it's not a like, Oh, Biden's the best and he has the best policies. And I'm super excited because this is, you know, he's not, he's not that, no. but he's not, he's, he's not okay with people dying on his watch for any you know for for any reason like yeah. he's that's that's it's like a becomes sort of a morality issue mm-hmm. and is how I'm seeing it and so but you know I also think that there's some problematic things with him as there are with all of us you'll probably hear some hella problematic things coming out of my, my mouth at times <laughs> and so <laughs> If you hear those things, feel free to comment and put me in my place. Um, always open to learning, but um, you know, so yeah, so that that's where I am. I did have a glass of wine while watching the debates last night. Uh. <laughs> I think that would have helped. See, I didn't. I didn't have. I had. My husband has turned me into um, something of a Scotch enthusiast, so that's usually what I have when I'm having nightcaps and such. And I didn't mm. have the scotch until after the debate. And while I was having it, I was like, I really should have had this an hour ago. Right. <laughs> Would have really helped. Yeah. <laughs> Takes the edge off. <laughs> we get... <laughs> so, yep. so speaking of the patriarchy. Yes. Take us there. <laughs> Seg- segway. Um, we, <laughs> we will be talking about that today. What we wanted to talk about today, and we actually decided about 10 minutes before we started recording that this is what we were going to talk about today. We had a whole other thing planned out. Yeah, so we're going to see. We're, yeah, we're going to see how this goes. Um, <laughs> we we want to talk to you about why, about sort of a deeper meaning as to why we are a body positive company. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of different words for this. We've heard uh, Chrissy King uses uh, body liberation, which I actually really like because it's not just being like, yay, I love my body. And body positivity has really kind of been co-opted by a lot of skinny white women. They're like, 
oh, look, I have a stretch mark. And so I, and I still love myself and which is not really the point. It's like it's uh, for us, whatever you choose to call it, body liberation, body neutrality, body positivity, it is um, accepting of all bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, that is woven into the core of our business. But a deeper reason behind that is also that um, we just don't want our business in any way, shape, or form to support the patriarchy. Um, We'd really like in our own small way to (laughs) create that butterfly wind (laughs) with our wings and um, smash the patriarchy in any way that we can, because it's really damaging, not only to women, but to men and children as well. Yes. And I think that our society is saturated with diet culture, get slim quick, and all those types of messaging. And I think that what people may not realize or um, really understand is that this whole diet culture thing and the societal expectations for how especially women's bodies should look, um, is defined, created by the patriarchy. There's a Mm -hmm. whole history behind that. Yeah. Naomi Wolf has a great, um, she wrote the beauty myth, I believe. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't quote me on it. Um, but yeah, look at the beauty myth, but literally, um, it is a breakdown of how, um, if women are constantly chasing beauty standards and the goal is always changing and it's never quite good enough, then they aren't really able to focus their energy on their life's purpose. Mm -hmm. It's always about like those five more pounds Mm -hmm. or, Oh gosh, first it was to get skinny, but now I also have to be skinny with a big butt or like I, you know, this it's, it's always a new kind of thing. And when the target's always shifting like that, we can't ever get to a place where we have arrived. And really if diets worked, they would have worked already. Yep. Like, I mean, think of the people that you know in your life who have dieted, or if you diet yourself, how many different diets you've been on and off and how many cycles you've been through and you can try this one and then that one and then another one. And really there's no, there's no science that really backs up diets actually working. And yet it is a multi-million dollar industry. And so like, what's, what's the point you know, like why? And you think about like, well, who owns a lot of these companies? And, um, and it's not just men that support patriarchy, by the way. Um, a lot of times women will support it as well, especially if they personally benefit from it or believe to personally benefit from it. So, um, but you know, we, it's to keep the, the power balanced in the favor of men and upholding the status quo and Mm -hmm. intertwined with all of this is white supremacy. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many podcasts about all of that stuff. Um, yeah, but actually one of my favorites that I listened to recently, um, it's called men 
it's season three of Seen on Radio, and it talks all about, like, how the patriarchy was started and, like, just the evolution of how it has evolved, grown, and to be what we know today as, like, the quote-unquote normal way to live for men and women. It's a Mm -hmm. super awesome um, look and understanding at this whole thing. So I would I would head over there after you're done listening to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my husband's been listening to that and loves it. It's really, it's really well done. Um, but yeah. So speaking of like, so like, how did we even get here to mm-hmm. a place where we have one acceptable body type, where we have sort of a vision of how society should be structured. And, you know, when you grow up in a society like that, believing these things, it's really easy to just think, well, that's just how it always has been. Mm -hmm. And that's how it's supposed to be, you know? And, but the fact is, is that, you know, as humans, we adapt, we change. um, And we have been since the beginning of time and we are still, we can continue to do so so that we society can work more in our favor or, you know, throughout our lives. But, um, you know, we men and women did not always have such a huge gap in power the way that we do now. Right. Um, if you think back to hunter and gathering societies, there was a much more egalitarian um, power structure there because the work was valued more equally. It wasn't until we stopped living like with, like with the land and we started owning the land. Did we start trying to, was there like a power structure um, put in place? And, you know, men, there's been a lot of different arguments. Like you can, there's, but in general, what either because men were um, get, getting the meat, which had a higher caloric value, or because they were the ones who were operating the plows, they tended to um, be able to seize power. And then because women were the ones having the babies and they, we needed children on the land that we now owned in order to work, um, then women became started to become seen as property of men and um, did not have the same kind of freedoms to roam and gather the way that they used to. So that's one, that's one very watered, watered down theory, (laughs) but um, yeah, that's a deep dive topic for sure. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of like the the short version too, but yeah, I, I mean, and then taking it from there, like as, as the country, as America, more like likely talking about America right now, as American history grew with, you know, owning land, possessions, being rich, like that was like the thing that was the thing that put you in power and gave you more than other people. Um, women sort of started to mold themselves into the patriarchy because that's where they were being benefited the most. And if you break it down even more, that's how white women were benefiting the most as opposed to black women being owned by slave traders. Um, because uh, so, and so it goes even deeper into not just patriarchy, but systemic racism and, and mm-hmm. oh, it just, it's a deep dive mm-hmm. topic. 
it's very intertwined. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so glad that you brought that up because we can bring it right back to the body there where when you're talking about slavery, that white women used dieting during slavery times in order to distinguish themselves through their bodies from slaves. Slaves were sort of depicted as these rounder, more muscular figures, and white women were literally starving themselves so that they could be very thin and wispy and uh, well, waspy, I guess, um, <laughs> so that um, in order to differentiate themselves from black women. And so... Mm-hmm. That's a, that can be a really important um, thing to know when you are participating in diet culture, that you are literally participating in something that was developed um, from this racist idea. So um, not that being body positive is going to smash the patriarchy in all the ways, but when you start looking for where the patriarchy is, you can start making small changes in your life and your business in all kinds of different ways. Um, One of the ways that we sort of changed our business model besides just being body positive was also to stop the hustle Mm -hmm. because that's also a part of patriarchy is, Mm -hmm. you know, you hustle, you work hard, you do these certain things, you, you sell based on either shame or fear and, you know, you find your client's pain points and that is really, um, that doesn't have to be our story. And right. for our business, we are working really hard to start shedding a lot of those ideas of like, instead of how it's supposed to be done or how it's always been done, um, maybe start looking at how we want to do it and just trying to find our authentic voice and our life's purpose instead of trying to model ourselves after something that was built in patriarchy. Right. Yeah. And I think that you could see that shift. Like if, if folks were to go to say our Facebook page and like scroll all the way back to the beginning in gosh, 2015 now, um, over five years ago, I think that you would see the evolution of us finding our voices from doing Mm -hmm. it the way that we thought it was supposed to be done to the way that we want to do it in our most authentic way, but also in a way that does not uphold patriarchy and white supremacy um, to the best of our ability. And we're always learning, like, like Cara said, if you hear us say something or you see something, like reach out to us and let us know we are totally open to that feedback. We've been wrong before. Mm -hmm. We'll be wrong again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But another way that we have, um, another way that we have started to find our own voice and, and working toward dismantling the patriarchy or smashing the patriarchy is dismantling student as forward, smashing the patriarchy, um, is in our personal lives as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us your story, Cara, about how that's happened for you. Sure. So, um, you know, in my family, I, I, most of my family would probably describe themselves as very liberal. I grew up in small, fairly conservative towns, but with a liberal family. Um, and like my dad taught evolution at the local community college and the town where I grew up and people would literally like pick at our house. So, um, so I grew up kind of feeling like, okay, like we're like these like liberal people. My dad would probably call himself a feminist. 
Um, yet a few years ago, I had a falling out with my dad and it was sort of the first time, you know, like daddy daughter relationships can be kind of complicated. There can be incredibly special. And my relationship with my dad, most of my life was incredibly special. We were very close, but there were some things that had happened that I finally got the guts to talk to him about and tell him how I felt. And it was sort of amazing, the shift where instead of being the little girl who sort of did all the things that he wanted me to do and like kind of lived my life to make him happy in a lot of ways that by saying like, Hey, this hurt me. And this is how I feel. There is a complete denial of me from then on. And not just from my dad, but from the rest of his side of the family. Mm -hmm. And it was, it sort of like, it was really jarring at first. I was like, God, like I am this unlovable person that like, I must be wrong if everyone in my family is turning their backs on me now. Um, but as I've had time and I don't know if this is a wound I will ever heal from, I just think that I'll get better at dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Um, over time I started to see that it was, it was a lot of me questioning a man in my family Mm -hmm. and I hadn't seen it before in this way, but you don't do that in my family. I've never heard anyone question my grandfather. My dad's older brother was never to be questioned. Um, and, and my dad was not to be questioned. And that was really the feedback that I got from my family. And so when I realized that, that it was so deep, even in like what was a very liberal upbringing Mm -hmm. um it made me want want to really look at the rest of my life to see what kinds of things that I was perpetuating myself and as a business owner I have a privilege of being able to just use that platform in order to make some of these changes as well um but it comes it sort of comes also from a very deeper place because of this this shift that happened in my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of that has happened in my personal life as well. I've talked about before um, the fact that I come from a long line of conservative Christians and that in of itself is its own story where um, in, in Christian, in Christianity, men are the head of the household um, sort of thing. But also, like, on a more, like, larger scale with patriarchy in our society, um, I was always taught to really, like, play small, don't make waves, just keep your head down, um, and keep the peace at all costs. And I didn't realize at the time that that was a very patriarchal um, role that I was filling, and I lived it for years and I'm still working on not living that, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever like arrive, but I think I've, I've come quite a long ways. Um, but anyway, so I, 
what how I've seen that play out keeping the peace at all costs I have a family member that is not like um he's very uh let's just say racist <laughs> closed-minded and kind of controls his environment by using uh fear and bullying and once I started to stand up to that then I'm cut out of his life um and that's been like that that in and of itself is a patriarchal thing as well because he's you know using his dominance to say who can and cannot be in his life which you know i mean i don't really want that in my life anyway but but the fallout affects the rest of the family as well similar to what you were saying Kara, with um with your dad's side of the family um it's it's causing um ripple a ripple effect in the rest of the family and mm -hmm. people are feeling like you know they either need to um keep peace at all costs or they have to choose mm -hmm. a side and that's hard that's really hard but yeah it, it that's just like it's what's right and can i say something here too that like setting personal boundaries i think are really healthy um but you know what you're talking about is not you're just setting a personal boundary because he also had the complete expectation that the rest of your family would sort of fall in line and um out like basically pick a side and um you know when two people set boundaries with each other that that is one thing and that can still be hard i struggle with that sometimes um but it, it it's it's this is different sort of what you're talking about to me yeah no you're right so <laughs> this is part of that struggle right that i was talking mm -hmm. about before that's part of that struggle um that, that's so that whole situation is um let's see how old am i 39 years deep so there's a lot to be said there's a lot to be said there but the the summary of of it as it relates to today's topic is that the more I speak out, the more pushback I'm getting. Mm -hmm. um, and the more, uh, the more fractured um, that family system is becoming. And I don't think that necessarily has to be a bad thing. Like if mm -hmm. everybody is open to, to growth, then it has potential to be something really great. But a lot of times what you find um, is people digging their heels in and wanting to like be right at the cost of becoming basically a better person <laughs> for, right. for yourself and for society. Like there's, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Thanks for, thanks for calling me out on that. <laughs> no, sure. No, I was, <laughs> it was more just because I, I didn't want there to be a misunderstanding that like, Oh, you know, Jill doesn't respect other people's personal boundaries. Cause that is not what I have witnessed at all. It was, you know, somebody, but he's sort of also not respecting your personal boundaries and not um, just not being interested at all in um, hearing any other perspective but his own and really not used to having anyone tell him another perspective. Yes. Yeah. And that is, <laughs> that is the part that is part of the patriarchy, right? You don't question the man. You don't question mm -hmm. the male dominance. And mm -hmm. so um, here we are questioning the male dominance and mm -hmm. in our personal lives. 
and in our business. And Mm -hmm. not everybody is responding well to that, but those are like not the, those aren't our people. Mm -hmm. So when you come to train with us, we're not going to ever shame your body because it's just not right. And because we are choosing not to be part of that patriarchal system. It wasn't even better the second time. Nope. (laughs) We're keeping both. <laughs> Getting it. Was Cara drunk? Still drinking from the debate. Still having wine. We get So, and when you come here, like you can come in all the different ways that you are. Like you know, we used to be all about being a company for moms, um, but you know what? Like quote unquote moms come in all different shapes and forms too. Like Mm -hmm. not everyone who has a baby is a woman, right? Not, um, not, not all moms are the same in any, in any way, shape or form. Um, but you know, everyone has a body and everyone has a pelvic floor and (laughs) that's what we're interested in is helping you, um, be strong and capable and healthy in the body that you're in as you are. And, mm-hmm. um, and we all happen to know a lot about pregnancy, postpartum and the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing that in a way that honors your whole self so that we are doing our part to not contribute to upholding these standards of patriarchy and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. So um, we're not going to put you on a diet. <laughs> No, we're, we're not going to ask you to be smaller. Um, but, um, we, we do see how empowering fitness can be and, um, we want to, that we want to exploit like that. We, um, to sort of grasp those, those things about fitness and wellness that don't have to come with all of the ickiness that the fitness and wellness industry, um, was sort of built upon. Yes. Drop the mic. Boom. So that's yes. That's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the push podcast, please give us a review. Give us a like, give us a share. The more likes and reviews that we get, the more visibility that we have so that we can reach more listeners just like you. Bye. Thank you.